This is the Delivery Space Podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change, or transformation, we have some great insights and great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of delivery to bring you insights and experiences that you won't get from a book. This is our episode to bring awareness to a scientific study of psychological safety in the Agile community. Sharon, how are you doing on a rainy Tuesday afternoon? All the better for seeing you, Nisha, and very much looking forward to this. So yeah, really excited, really pumped to be here with Christian and Evelyn. Welcome, Christian and Evelyn. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. We're happy to be here. It's a pleasure to be here, Nisha and Sharon. Thank you so much for having us and for, for being able to talk about this study that we're doing. We really believe in it. Christian, you're a friend of the podcast now. I think this is, must be like the third time we're recording together. This is great. Let's go with Evelyn this time because she's, she's new to the delivery space. Evelyn, would you be able to introduce yourself to our audience so that they can get to know a little bit about you? I'm Evelyn from the Netherlands and I work at Xebia as a full-time trainer, or at least I'm focused on teaching. I've been in the Agile community for over 15 years, um, started once upon a time as Agile support office and then worked my way through and now I'm teaching others how to do Agile and Scrum. Thank you, Evelyn. That's a great background. Christian? Kind of similar to Evelyn. Um, I think I started with Scrum and Agile about 20 years ago. That were sort of the unofficial experiments that we did. And we did everything wrong, but that's okay. I know this now, but it was fun when we did it. Then eventually became a trainer, consultant, coach. Um, I have a background in organizational psychology, which, and which is an, a scientific background, which is also sort of why I'm always interested in scientific research, which we'll talk more about in a moment. But these days, I'm working at the Liberators together with Barry Overeem, my business partner, and having a lot of fun doing it. And it shows. If someone's following you on LinkedIn and they're paying attention to what you release and some of the questions that you ask and the openness with which you ask them and the openness with which you share knowledge, it looks like the two of you are having a great time right now. We are, yeah. And I have to say, Barry is doing most of the LinkedIn and the social media. He's doing that much better than I because I'm fully focused on writing code all day long. We're having so much fun together. Switching to this scientific study of psychological safety in the Agile community, fill us in. What inspired the two of you to start this up? One of the things that inspired us is the things that we observed on social media. And the things that we observed, we discussed. And we first had a talk about gender differentiation and how different people react on LinkedIn and on, on posts. Mm-hmm. With the things we observed, we thought, okay, we can create a hypothesis or we can do assumptions, but we need to validate what's happening. If it's not just in our minds, but if it's also something that uh, more people experience or more people see. So that's why we thought we could better do a research on it and then see what the results of that research would be other than us just having a talk about it and, and, and sharing our own opinions about it. We thought it would, it would be interesting to hear from the Agile community what they think about this issue that we observed. Are you hoping to start a dialogue with this survey? Are you hoping for others to contribute their experiences around what they see and experience on social media? That's definitely the goal of, of what we're doing. Um, and, and to tie back to what Evelyn just said, 
I mean, Evelyn, you and I, uh, we've been in the Agile community for a while, Nisha and Sharon, you've, you've also been in the community for a while. Barry, my business partner, has been in it for a while. We just started noticing like patterns, like is, is there something that we need to talk about, like psychological safety is important. Whatever you say, you want to ground it in evidence. And, and we found that there isn't really a lot of data on, on psychological safety in the community. So we thought, let's collect it and then start a conversation around it based on the results. And that will be just the first step. So uh, everything we have right now, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect questionnaire. It's not a perfect survey, but you have to start somewhere. And um, we're already very grateful that people have already participated in the survey, but we need more because ultimately more data gives us more and, and a more complete picture of what's going on in the community and creates better conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to have conversations. And like, that's a really interesting point that Evelyn, you made around your observations around the the different levels of psychological safety demonstrated based on gender around who's posting, how it's being reacted to. And that's kind of where we show up with our teams in our organizations every day. We're varied genders. Same thing for social media, like, you know, one has an impact on the other. One thing I wanted to ask you uh, both around, like, your experiences of, like, psychological safety, when you drop landed in the Agile community, what what was that like? Like, you know, it's a few years and people, a few years ago, I'm, I'm assuming for both of you, and at that time, people weren't so active on LinkedIn. Like, in LinkedIn, LinkedIn activity since COVID has like skyrocketed um, and especially in our space. But like, what was it like for the two of you? What was that level of psychological safety? What did you experience? Give us a feel. When I first entered the Agile community, there were that was mainly in in-person meetups and conferences. So I hmm. think I built my personal or in-person community before my online community. And I don't know if that differs or that, that really makes a change, but I think I was comfortable enough in my in-person Agile community to be comfortable with posting and asking questions or giving feedback in the online community. Mm. Because over the years, of course, I've learned and I've grown and I'm at a certain age where I think I now can say stuff or, or respond to, to LinkedIn posts. But if I look at myself like 15 years ago, I would not have done that. For me, it mattered that I had that in-person engagement already before entering the social media realm of, of Instagram and LinkedIn and stuff. That's kind of yeah. similar for me. Well, actually, what's different is that I did start out with a blog, I think, that not many people read, to be honest, <laughs> like I think just two people. That sort of st is where it started. Some Also some discussions in the comments about what I was writing. But I, I remember being very worried about saying the right things. I was very worried about saying something that other people might think would be stupid or just the, the wrong use of certain words. Because I very early on noticed that it's very important in the Agile community, or in particular in the Scrum community, to use the right words. Because if you don't use the right words, people will say something about it. Um, mm. And sometimes that is not always in the friendliest way. <laughs> Let's say it like that. And that was my first experience in, in the community. And then I started going to meetups. I, I remember a lot of really nice Agile Holland meetups, which was a very open, friendly group of people. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's, I think that's 12 years ago or something. So that's changed a lot in the meantime. And as you said, Nisha, I think since COVID, a lot more people went on LinkedIn yeah. The, the, the share and to the, the also present themselves. And I think that that changed in, in a positive way, but maybe also in other ways, the, 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 the conversation and the interaction that were going on. 
But how was it for you, for Nisha and Sharon, for for you to join the Agile community? What was your experience? Go for it, Sharon. So I was nodding there furiously because I picked up on what Christian said about sometimes um, in the Agile community, you know, use of words. And maybe if you don't use the correct word or phrase, people take it very seriously. But for me, actually, and uh, meeting and, you know, um, getting coaching and support through people like Nisha and then Nisha's introduced me to many others within the community. And that's made it such a positive experience for me. So I'm actually from a PMO background, but I work in agile spaces and have done for probably like 13 years now. But there's always more learning to be done and things are always evolving and changing creating that psychological safety, particularly for people who are also new to the community, who don't know the right phrases, but are wanting to experiment and learn is, is so important. And for me personally, it's definitely helped my growth with Nisha support, coaching and advice. It's created that environment where nothing was too silly to ask. You know, I felt comfortable to experiment, ask the question and get creative. So it's really important work, I think. I would echo that. I Similarly, I'm a project manager like in my previous lives, right? Trained in structured methods and structured ways and very sequential ways of looking and planning out projects and doing things um, until I found Agile and Scrum. And then I never looked back. But before that, right, I, I was a project manager and the portfolio level of how that's looked at, how how senior level management, et cetera, um, look at that in order to be able to prioritize our very high level based on strategy, et cetera. What we and our teams tend to work on has always been fascinating. Sharon gets entry into those rooms with her role. I don't normally. And so that's where we had like a knowledge exchange. So there's plenty of stupid questions directed by me to Sharon where, you know, I would not be aware of the terminology or the statistics or the maths or the actual analysis that actually happens at portfolio level to decide what business works on as a priority. So that's like, you know, that was a lovely little exchange. But I also want to share my experiences um, of the Agile community with you guys. And um, as we were talking beforehand, once COVID hit, there was a, a scarcity of Agile roles. I started looking for naturally for project management positions, but I wanted to keep a hand in the experience that I'd gained a scrum master. I wasn't quite an agile coach then. I was just like, I was, you know, I'd undertaken some scrum master roles. I started writing and I found serious scrum on medium.com. And I thought, hey, this is a good place for me to at least remind myself of what I've experienced. But the thing was, I hadn't picked up at that time, the latest scrum guide. I was referring to terms in an older scrum guide. So like I said, I was referring to what was it? But still backlog grooming. And I did like a, a blog. I put one out there going, I, I think the title of it was something like help. Where is my amigo? So it was like based on the three amigos practice. Right. And I had like, um, the, you know, the practice of backlog refinement heavily referenced as backlog grooming. So Martin Dalmain, one of the editors of Serious, uh, Serious Scrum, picks it up, doesn't judge me and goes, Nisha, I can tell what you're trying to do. Right. This 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 is an old term. We don't use it anymore. You need to rephrase it. Corrected a few of my other like um, mislabeled terms, but did not judge me once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a beautiful thing because I felt like, hey, my experience is still valid in this space. Now imagine if he did the flip of it and kind of said, do you know what? 
like you're referring to an old guide here. Um, mm-hmm. Your knowledge is outdated. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't really have your experiences hosted on our Medium channel. I have felt so damn deflated. I would have come out of that thinking, oh, you know, I, I, I feel burnt now. I'm going to be tentative about who I speak to. But I wasn't. And that kind of spurred me on further to which, you know, like you hearing us on a podcast and us speaking quite confidently about our practices, but also be willing to be vulnerable. And that's what we do on the podcast here. It's really important for us to be vulnerable. One of you guys could turn around and say, actually, no, Nisha, think about it this way or this way. Have you thought about it this way? Live on a podcast. And that should be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. We should be able to walk yeah. away from that. Yeah. Go, actually, no, Evelyn made a great point there. There is another way to look at something. So I think like that level of safety is is really important. And the relationships that we cultivate okay. both on the online and offline are really important to be able to achieve that. That's such yeah. a good example. And I think all our stories share a similar pattern in that. I was talking with a professional friend a while ago and the question that he asked, a really nice question was, why do you think Agile has become so successful? And while we were we were walking through Utrecht at the time, just exploring the city a little bit and having this conversation, and we sort of came down at the Agile community. The, the mm. fact that there is such a large community around Agile that's been very active from the start on until today. I think that that's one of the reasons why Agile has become so widespread, so many people. And it has benefits. It also has some disadvantages because sometimes the community becomes too large. But I think ultimately the openness and the willingness of many people in the community to accept new members. And like like you said, Nisha, the the way they treat you, even if you don't use the exact right terminology, right? That's so important. And I think it's important that we maintain that in the community, that we don't lose that aspect of what made us so effective together. Um, Because also if you look at scientific research, communities of practice, the whole notion that you have practitioners who are able to share openly the good and the bad experiences with each other and share their uncertainties, we just know from research how important that is to make a practice successful. So it's super nice that we can, that all these experiences that you shared, that I shared are are nice examples of that. I think building a community is one thing, um, but you, people age in the community, people uh, progress in the community, but there also have to be new members mm. in the community. And if those new members just enter, just say you, you became a scrum master like last year and you see, or, and you want to share something about how your daily scrum went or, and that the product owner was there and the stakeholders were there. And someone reacts on that with, oh, but in the daily scrum, the product owner or stakeholder should not be there. You suck. Then you don't even want to share things, uh, hashtag agile anymore, because you know that these will be reactions. Keeping a healthy community is is both uh, nurturing the people who are in there, but also nurturing the people who want to enter or are at the first steps to enter. And I think creating awareness about that, how do we look or how do we come across mm. that's for me important i don't know if it's uh even worse for women who enter a community but i can imagine that it it raises the bar a little bit if the community is not feeling safe enough then i think first the women will drop off or first the 
the women wouldn't step in the community. I think that's also important uh, of, of surveys, creating awareness about what's happening. And maybe it's not happening to you, but maybe mm. it's happening to others. Maybe it's happening to our newbies that want to join. Uh, so I think that's that's also an important aspect of what we're trying to do. Yeah. To add to that, I think one of the interesting things about we we've talked we've mentioned the term psychological safety a few times now, but for a lot of people that has many different meanings. Sometimes it's not exactly what we intended by it or what we intend by it, because what we mean when we talk about psychological safety, it's what Amy Edmondson defines as the ability to take interpersonal risks. And interpersonal risks is anything that you say or do that that might cause you to worry about your position in a group uh, and that people might hold it against you. So it might be about sharing something that you don't know so well or asking a question or giving criticism to someone. This is also an interpersonal risk because you don't know how that other person is going to respond. So one of the misunderstandings of psychological safety is that it's about not having conflict or everyone just likes each other and that's it. But that's not what psychological safety is. Psychological safety is actually the opposite. You should have an environment where you can have conflict but in a way where people don't feel personally attacked and where people also help each other to overcome challenges and to learn together. Um, and I think that that's always important to say because when we introduced the survey and the research that we're doing, some of the responses that we got were from people who were worried that we were looking for a community without conflict and without disagreement. But that's not not the intent. Anyone should be able to raise anything in, in, in a professional community. And that's how we grow, isn't it? So people bring their different experiences, different ideas, or say, have you thought about doing it this way or, or that way? If it was just one way and everybody was to agree on everything, then there wouldn't be that, that growth and innovation. So I agree that it's, it's important to have those different ideas, spark creative thought. But it, it's, it's just about the approach, isn't it? And doing it in, in a respectful way. So nobody feels like their voice isn't heard or, you know, nobody feels disrespected. I love what you guys are saying around the fact that things should be, it should be safe. You should feel safe to say and speak up what's on your mind or to challenge the status quo. What I think about is that when we go into our work environments or our client environments that we might be working with, that is often not just made up of people from the agile community or those that have practiced agile. We could be working with marketing. We could be working with sales. We could be working with finance, for example, some senior execs who have had a bird's eye view of agile. And people should not feel that that space is like, oh, you know, if you know, sort of cliquey right? It shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. People from different functions should come in and go, actually, you know, this is a safe space for me to ask, how does this work then? Like, what do you need from me from a sprint review? Says a stakeholder who's engaged. How can I then raise risk? So, oh, okay, so I get it. I'm not allowed at the stand-up because it's kind of like a coordination and a bit of a reset for the team every morning so that they can figure out, you know, are they are they targeted towards their sprint goal? After, are they veering off? I get it. But when can I show up in all of this to kind of find out if things are on track or not without feeling like, oh, no, you know, the team's going to think less of me if I ask this um, or if they're, they're an exclusive crowd. So I love what you say. And then the second thing kind of that you alluded to, Evelyn, around that responding on social media, what people forget, and you've heard this before, all of you've heard this before, it's like that thing about keyboard warriors, right? What people forget is that others 
And we say this time and again, like on this podcast, we've had branding experts, we've had people from recruitment come on here and say exactly the same thing. Is that when people want to check out your presence on social media and how you express yourself, they don't really care about what you actually post. But what they go to look at first is how you comment on other people's posts, the tone Mm. you use and the kind of debates that you spark off as well. And that's really important. So both of you, Evelyn, Christian, and that last point you brought up, Sharon, around like like, building that inclusive environment, having like that hotbed for innovation, but couched in safety is like, is such a cool thing. So yeah, I love these points and I love this conversation. Same here. It's very nice that we're able to do this. And thank you for helping us bringing attention to the study. Um, if people want to participate, they can go to https.liberators.com slash research psychological safety, but I'll share the link with you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, we're happy with particular with anyone who participates, but we're also looking for people who are just starting. So if, if you haven't been a member of the Agile community for a long time, please participate because your opinion is super useful to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll probably get the results around March, April. That's sort of the timeline that we have in mind. And then we'll share the results, of course, in this podcast, but also in meetups and a blog post and scientific study if we have enough participants. So there's a lot more coming. We'd love to have you back to talk about the results. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for sharing a bit about your survey. And to our listeners, please like, follow and subscribe and look out for the survey results in March, April.